Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. Um, I've made a big mistake. Brentford 3, Liverpool 0 is not the score um, that you see up on the screen. It was 3-3. It's because I had Palace and, um, in where Liverpool was, but I've made a mistake. It was 3-3, I promise. Don't don't um, lose your mind on that. We're definitely going to look at Brentford 3, Liverpool 3. Um, we're going to have a look at the defensive slips that we had yesterday. And overall, we were poor defensively. Um, <clears throat> we're going to give credit to Brentford, most definitely, as we go through this. And then we're going to look around the league because there's been some interesting stuff that's happened in the league over the weekend. Um, I think so, anyway. With me, of course, is Shawnee, Grizz and Keith. And... Look, lads, I'm gonna I'm gonna get straight into it. No messing about. Um, and Shawnee, I'm gonna come to you first because um, you know the lineup, Shawnee. It was I think it was the most straightforward lineup you could pick all season so far because of the injury to Thiago and Harvey Elliott isn't there, of course, and Naby Keita kicked the grass during the week, and we don't know what's going on with him now. But it was it was the easiest lineup to pick, wasn't it, so far this season? Yeah, it kind of picked itself really. The the back five we've come accustomed to, and then Jones really the only sort of option that we could have put in there in, in terms of having more of an attacking threat in midfield. And I had no issue with it when I saw it before. When I saw it at half four or at four o'clock in the group, due to where the resident OK TK in the west of Ireland, Shawnee. Mm. Um, I didn't have we any. We the backwards, by the way, and we thought Allison was playing up front on his own. Yeah, I didn't have. I didn't have any issue at all. Um, I didn't. I wasn't worried at all. Not that I wasn't worried because I actually, I was harping on all week about how this was going to be a really fucking tough game, and, and it turned out to be that. It did turn out to be that, and. Chris, I come to you, like, when you're looking, like, there's people in the chat there saying, um, Kate Fagan says we're defensively shocking. Others are saying that, you know, um, 
Thiago was badly missed and stuff like that. But I, I'm being honest because I don't know. I don't know what difference certain players would have made there yesterday. I think it was an attitude thing from from Brentford and an attitude from us that that kind of made this game happen. Like overall, I, I look at it and go, I don't think we played very very badly, but I thought our I suppose our I don't even know the word the way our outlook on this game seemed to be one of and I hate to see it and it's, and we get on to it later about what it means for this team, but. It, it was kind of like we'll just turn up and win, and I I got that feeling off Liverpool. I definitely got that feeling. I'm glad you said attitude because that was the word I was going to use, and I thought the attitude was. Um, it, it seemed like the attitude was um, we didn't want to do the the hard graft, and that is so so not like us. Like we know what it takes now to win at these grounds where the atmosphere is frantic. The pressing is intense. The energy is high from the opposition. And as you said, with the lineup, there's not a person in that that would make me feel uncomfortable about that game. There was a slight sort of maybe a decision to be made with Jones or Milner, I think was the other option. Obviously, Ox is way down the, the, the picking order. But when you look, I've been I've been saying to opposition fans, when we got the big dogs back, like, you know, the ones that we know about back, we feel comfortable. And that was the most uncomfortable I've felt with the big boys back in ages. I mean, I can't remember. Probably, I think probably Aston Villa. It's got to be, right? Um, you know, where, where the big boys yeah, are back. And, and yeah, I mean, all the other ones, you know, we've always had a vital component missing. Right, so we know we lost six games in a row, blah blah blah, all that. But we've had, we've had none of the, since we've had the big boys back. I think that was the most uncomfortable I felt, and I I agree with you. I think it was a, a case of desire and wanting to get yourself like dirty and and do the nasty things first, which we can match anyone. You know, we pride ourselves on if you want to if you want to row with us, we can row with you. If you want to play football against, we can play football against with you. But I think they out desired us I think I think there's definitely something to that Keith and you know we've said it loads of time on this podcast that like Chris said if you want to if you want to make it an open game of Gobra if you want us to sit back and you want to attack us we'll hit you on the break and if you want to make it dirty or you want to make it physical we're quite happy to do that and uh, we lost out in certain points I see second balls in particular and I'll get on to it in a minute but but for you Keith when you did you feel after the game, or even even in the first fifteen twenty, that was it was a real case of we've come in here with an attitude, and it's the wrong one, and we couldn't seem to get ourselves out of it. Despite you know going behind, going in front, going in front again, being pegged back, probably could have won it near the end. We never seemed to get out of that attitude that seemed to be there from very early on. Yeah, I mean, I've no problem going in with an attitude thinking we're going to beat teams because we had that sort of arrogance a couple of years ago when we, we knew we would steamroll these these opposition um, types of teams. But with this one, it just didn't seem right. And I think, uh, I'm sure we'll all agree, the defensive unit were terrible and that includes Fabinho in front of them. I thought was a bit off it as well yesterday. And... You know, Van Dijk is back from a long injury layoff, right? And he's come back pretty seamless, you know, in, in all fairness. He, he's played up every game. It's a, it's a new forward. It's a new threat. It's a, it's a new, you know, we had Lukaku and he 
you already was Matip to handle them. But, you know, we've got through these games. Yesterday, it looked like uh, Grizz, I think, said it there, the Aston Villa game from last season. There was no cohesion. There was no um, desire. There was, they knew what you're going to get. Look, if you're playing Ivan Tony, you know what you're going to get. The fella, he's a good player. He's a strong, he wants to run it down your throat. He's a battering ram. Don't mean that in a disrespectful way. That's the type he is. And the other fella, Mbwayne, will be showing him. They, yeah, we saw them against Wolves last week. You know, they're a, they're a difficult um, a difficult strike force to deal with. I fancied us going into uh, the game, you know, to deal with them because we Van Dijk can deal with anybody and Matip has been better than Van Dijk. So I was like, right, they're a tricky opposition, but this is going to be, you know, we'll go in here and we'll sort these out. Not in a cocky or arrogant way, just in a Liverpool do this. We know what they do. And if I get them back to that, well, then happy days. But it just wasn't right from the start. It just wasn't right. Um, you know, there's no, we have this invincibility thing with Virgil van Dijk that he doesn't get beaten on the ground. He doesn't get beaten in the air. And when he does, it's like, oh, Jesus, someone beat him in the air. Well, Fucking Ivan Tony was going up for him all day yesterday and he was winning every header. And Van Dijk just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look comfortable on the ground either, which is unusual for him. And Brentford, a lot of credit for them. You see teams that'll come up and, you know, the, the pat on the back for the Norwiches and, and Grizz's mate, Daniel Fark. And they don't really, you know, they play away and they play one way and it doesn't really you know, suit them. It's it's all nice and attractive or whatever, but it doesn't get them anywhere. Brentford are going to take points in the league because the style of play they have and the ta- the tactical ability in their players means they will they will sweep up points all over the place. They're from looking at Brentford now for a second, like you look at their defence, they've got Eden Pinnock as a player who comes up through the non-league for the screen or whatever we play with. Pontus Janssen and Chris, Christopher Ayer. I mean, we were looking at Christopher Ayer last year, apparently. Do you know what I mean? Pontus Janssen was a good top player for Leeds. It's a decent defence they have. It's a hard one to break down. They've got a midfield then. Um, again, the, the the German fella in there, what's his name, scores the he, second goal. Jan he, He's a player. He's a, a big serious one, yeah. player. And Hansi Flick's in the in the stadium. They're looking at him. So the German national coaches in here looking at this fella. These are a serious team, and they will take points. Now I think we went. We expected a win. We went in there. We were very sloppy, but we were decent in patches. I thought Brentford personally ran out. They had a, a period in the first half where they were putting us on toast constantly, and then I thought they ran out of steam. But we just gave it back to them at the end. In the second half, they the. This, their second and third goals, I think, were just horrific. I'm gonna come on to them in a few minutes. Well, I'm gonna, wait, I'm wait. gonna actually, I'm, I'm gonna come interject here, Gav. I don't think it was a problem with attitude at all, to be honest with you. And the reason being is because having not seen much of Brentford this season, only the Arsenal game, when you kind of put that down to it being. The Friday night football first kickoff of the season, Brentford's first time in the top flight for 70 years. Klopp said something in the pre-game that I was going, oh, are they? I didn't realise. Klopp turned around and commented on how physical that these were and how, and I never knew that about them. Yeah. And we just got, it wasn't anything that to do with attitude yesterday. I think we just got bullied. I think yeah. if you look ever since Klopp in, even in the years where we won Champions Leagues and League titles, we do have 
we do have this tendency to get into these ding-dongs sometimes with these teams. It happened with Salzburg. It happened with Leeds last year. There's been a few four trees, three yards where we just see it out. Um, it can happen. These games happen. And I don't think we should go over top in the knee-jerk. I don't think for a second we underestimated them, to be honest with you. I, I genuinely don't. I just think the two up top caused those major problems because that used to be such a tra- traditional approach to play. Like It's not like you're playing Burnley and it's Chris Woods and Ashley Barnes and yeah. the two big stockings. And these two lads are a fucking brilliant tandem. They, yeah. one and they're quick as well. You're going to get on to a gap. I think what killed those was the inability to, to, to get on to second balls. They literally won every single second ball the whole yeah, but, day. But, but, and and even, even the thing is, Klopp is big on the second ball and the recovery of the wherever the ball goes. They were flicking the ball on and they, it was just anticipated whether it was Boy that Yanelt or the other Norgard fella or Mwembo. It was just yeah. the perfect foil. The two, they were, it was refreshing, Gav, to be honest with you. Brentford in the fan of me yesterday because yeah. I thought these were a soft touch. Uh, Tom, T- Thomas Frank is the type of coach you look at thinking, oh, this is a, one of these European coaches who has this approach to the game. They're a proper, proper side. They are a proper side. Make no bounds about And they've got some really, really good players. A lot of standout individuals for them yesterday. And to be honest with you, I think we've done well to get out there with a point in the end. Because yeah. when, when you have an off day like that, you can be so easily turned over. Like, like Watford a few years ago when when Troy Deeney and that would be absolutely ramming it down Scarlett's throat, you know. And yeah, you get them against... They they made us so uncomfortable yesterday. They yeah. really did, and you could see, like you couldn't chalk it down to you can't chalk it down to Virgil just being back from injury because they pulled up a, a graph before the game yesterday, and he's top of every stat in the Premier League as a yeah. centre back. Mm-hmm. So it just wasn't that. I think I think the biggest takeaway from it was that when Virgil has an off day at the back, we 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 so often talk about how Matt. Pulls uh, Van Dijk out of fire sometimes. He obviously doesn't because when Virgil has a off day, it, it rings true. Uh, it looked like there was zero communication at the back yesterday. And I'm sure you'll get into the goals and we'll break all, each of them down individually. But that's what makes it so annoying for me is that we can see them three pinball wizard goals. Yeah. And only moments of magic kept us in that game yesterday. So I think in hindsight, it's it's a fucking brilliant point, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not making that out to be a positive. We could have been easily turned over yesterday, and we could have had no quarrels because they were a far better side over ninety minutes for me. Well, um, Ramos clear with a super chat. He says, "Seems to me that there's something off with the defensive positions of our centre midfield. Felt like a continuation of a bad spell of the Milan game when there's no. a huge space between our midfield and defence." I'm not really I'm on that. Well, I'm one, and I know where Sean is saying about, you know, and I think it was Red Steve said it was application. And and I've seen this Liverpool side so many times go into games and you know, you just know, first 20, again, pick a side, any side. It's usually any side that we play at this stage where you know the first 20 is going to be, they're going to drop balls on top of you. They're going to put them down the, the sides. They're going to look to hold you early, get free kicks off you. And Liverpool would apply themselves to the point where the other team would just go down that because he'd work so hard to be physical with you, win the second ball, and then play Liverpool's game. And when Liverpool play their game, you quickly realise that you can't do that. And that's all down to application for me. And I agree with Red Steve when he uses that word. What I found yesterday was, 
And I'm not saying Liverpool underestimated Brentford. I don't think so because, like you said, Klopp speaks a lot about how good they are, how well drilled they are, how good players they have. You know how you know um, the physicality, everything. He Klopp knows it. he's not going into a game blind against Brentford. He simply isn't. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I, for me, watching that yesterday, I'm thinking to myself, I'll put it to you this way, Shawnee. If we were playing Manchester City yesterday, we would in no way ever lose that amount of second balls. Ever. Right? Yeah, because, because they don't we, play like that. But, but hold on, that. there's, loads of, there's so, loads of second balls in every game of football. Every game of football. Not like that, though. But, it, Shani, like, listen, come here and I tell you. If a, if a second ball is dropping... Yeah, they com- they yeah, completely hold on, hold bypass on. the midfield. We, yeah, but we, that, that's fine. But that's fine. If you want to bypass the midfield, that's fine. But your midfield should be able to turn and say, they're bypassing us, so we need to be ready for the second ball coming down off Van Dijk or the flick on that's going near our fullbacks. And we weren't. It was an application thing. thing for me. Yeah. Now, I am giving second credit. Balls are, second balls are far easier to win if your defender is wearing the aerial jewels. So yeah, I understand that. And we, and we didn't do that all day. No, we didn't. But the, but the thing is that... I'm giving, I give credit to Brentford. I thought they were very, very good on what they've done. I think the, the goals they score are all very similar for me, where they're overloading in certain areas, and that's something they've looked at the and played one, on. The first one is forgivable because it's a, it's a training ground set piece that's well executed. Mm. Now, Fabinho's probably a little bit lax yeah. in the stick, but that's, you can you can kind of forgive that one, but the rest, for me, does not. Like, Dav had a great shout in the WhatsApp. You could have sliced a, a credit card under Van Dyke's feet for the second when we, the ball comes off the bar. We just weren't that, Gav. And yeah. that's football. You yeah. have days like that. You, you, it's you're gonna have an off day. But, you're gonna yeah, have when you say when you when you when you're saying we're not at it, that's I think I, I, I might not speak for Gav, but I think that's why I meant that when you're not at it, that is an attitude problem. When you're I not, when you're not, when you're not, when you're not up for it. Let me let me nah, just finish. When you when you when you so for example, if we play that game again, that shit doesn't happen. Yeah, no, I don't right? know. So, 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 I, I, so it's, I, I, I not a chance that happens say, again. Well, this is my point. So why doesn't that happen again? I don't know if that. No, are we? I think we're overpraising Brentford way too much. We we should have we had chances to win that game that we didn't take. That we should have taken. I guarantee you, Salah scores that. If if that's another any other Spurs, City, Chelsea, whatever, Salah scores that. He was way too complacent with that finish as well. It is. It all comes down to we, whatever it, whatever that word you want to use. Maybe you know attitude. We just stick into one. Word. I think. I think but it's more. I think it's more. Sorry. I think it's more, I think it's more about. I think it's more about finding a way. And what I mean by that is, is that we find a way. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. in the past and and this season in games, you look and go, geez, they're being done and down the side. They're being done not early so much this season, but you know, um, Milan were like we're getting in around the midfield um, for that very short period at Anfield. And Liverpool found a way. And Klopp actually came out and said after the Milan one, we are too overindulgent when we are playing well. We got too excited by playing well and yeah, lost we our can, shape. Do you know what I'm saying? We but, controlled that Milan game for Yeah, I, 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 I know we did, but you see... We didn't control we, that game at any stage. No, yesterday. no. And, I think but it was the, probably 10, there was probably 10 minutes after the tour goal where we started to carve them up. And I agree with you, Grace. If that's nil all, Salah passes that into the bottom corner. Yeah. Never mind sports, Chelsea. If that game is at nil all, Salah's passing that into the bottom corner, and we're not having these conversations. But we don't need to be. That's football. It, small margins, like they fucking played percentages yesterday. They just played percentage football. Mm. That's no, all no they doubt. did. There's no doubt. Like, that's exactly what I said. I, I said that they've not had to score brilliant goals. Yeah, and that's exactly. what hurts the most. 
Yeah, None exactly. of their goals. Like, Even the first I, one, you said it's a textbook. Curtis, fantastic for me. He switched you know, off. Yeah, it's like yeah. switched off. He still had Again. to execute that as well, you know what I mean? It was even, well even, executed. Even switching off, that's another thing. We're just switching yeah. off. Fabinho at the far post, switching <laughs> off. Virgil and Matip, the one that you talked referred to um, with, with Virgil not getting up, switching off, not alive and alert enough. Yeah, it's not fair. us. It's not us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that was, it was uh, uh, sorry, El Dragao 11 says he feels honestly Klopp also had an off day. Yeah. Didn't try to change anything from the line with two new subs with some poor performances on the pitch. Uh, let's get into the goals because like, I don't want people thinking we're not giving Brentford credit and at the same time people are saying you're giving them way too much credit. Brighton yeah. went there and won last week and dominated and, and that's why I think you do, you can't have an off day. There's absolutely no, no, there's no doubt about that. But I think there was enough in that game for me in the first 15, 20 before the goal where Liverpool could identify what was going on and rectify it and he didn't and I think that comes down to a little bit of nonchalance from Liverpool. I think a little bit of um, a little bit of lack of application and and th- that's where I felt on it. Like, listen, I've no problem with Trio. We're top of the league, you know, and these things happen. But when I look back at that game, I don't say to myself, you know what, Liverpool done everything they should have and Brentford were brilliant. I think Liverpool were nowhere near what they should have been and that's just the levels I expect Liverpool to be at. I'm not going to absolutely lash players and managers over it and I'm not going to tell you Brentford are the best team in the country. But when I looked at it yesterday, the cold of the day afterwards, I went with a few cans of me now, I'm being honest. But I looked at it and went, yeah, it's a three all. And I, I agree with Shani. You take the, you take the draw and you run away from it because we could have been done near the end. And most of it, I think was application, but we'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see. But the first but it was goal, a ding-dong game, but before we move yeah. on to the goals, it was a ding-dong game because there was chances, you know, there's two cleared off the line on both ends and, you know, they, well, their goals weren't great. They were creating some nice opportunities for themselves yeah. and, and they were creating good chances, you know, it was, it was a really good game. If we take our, our blinkers off, we suppose, and you are looking game. at it as a neutral Great game of football. Three yeah, of loads of chances, mistakes. I was, watching, I was watching it with a, I was watching with a, um, a, another Liverpool fan, a United fan, and an Arsenal fan, and we we're all just sitting there going, "This is a bleeding great game of football." You know, I, it, yeah. it, was, it was brilliant. You go to the saying like, "You can use this one for this one." In boxing, they say you box a fighter and you fight a boxer. Yeah, like we we didn't control the game at all at any stage yesterday because yeah. they just literally bypassed the midfield. Like they just bypassed the midfield the whole game. It was a it was a game where I'd say if we missed one player yesterday, it would have been the quality of a Thiago to coin it because he yeah. is a he is that metronomic type of player. He will foot on the ball set, and move it around and dictate. He will set set the pace in the game, and we just we didn't do what I think we did. We did ten minute spell after our tour where Jota has a chance and then Salah has a chance, and yeah. I just knew I knew I said. They will fucking get something here because we just were not on it. Like we, it was a bad day at the office for us. A bad day at the office with an ordinary result. I'd say. I don't think people should be overreacting and, and losing their shit. This season is going to be mad. Just look, look at the yeah. look at how look at how quick everything is changing. Sports went level with Arsenal today after the sport. Arsenal went level with Sports today after not winning the first three. Sports are top of the league after the, yeah. at the first mm-hmm. international break. They haven't won a game since. They couldn't win an argument at the moment. Last week, that Chelsea t- team was a mix of the 2005 AC Milan and 1970s Brazil. 
uh, Tuchel was literally Mourinho prime reincarnated and the best coach that we'd ever seen and this football that they were playing and how pragmatic and they were fucking shit yesterday they were like stuck yeah. they didn't have a go at all Pep was out the door was falling out with oil states uh, picking fights with fan bases again City had a lit the league favourites again after the, the they would that win yesterday so the narratives are just going to keep chopping and changing it's going to be that sort of season because fans are back now. So these little teams do have, Like, if that had been an empty stadium yesterday, yeah. like, if that was a, if that's totally a pandemic, that's a pandemic yeah. game of ball, none of that happens. They were completely playing off the crowd. Every time they won a flick on, the fucking stadium was rocking. You it's know what I mean? Stadium, was, and you love to see that. Yeah, you love yeah, to see like, that. It was just, it was like, look, I, I, I didn't enjoy a minute of that fucking game mm-hmm. yesterday because I yeah. know you were saying it was a great game of ball. It was no, torture. I get you, yeah. It was torture yeah. for me because we there was we had so little control after what was going on. If you actually look at our goals, like the three ridiculous goals. Yeah. The three, like the three ridiculous goals. So it was just, it was a ding dong that we we both played, took a point and call it a day and we'll, we'll see us on the other side of Christmas. But I'm telling you now, I... I won't be looking forward to that fixture next year because they will stay up and they are going to be such a... That's going to be a difficult place to go. We bashed them there next season. Well, you could be right, Gav. Because Ivan Towney might be leading the line for us next season. Good red. Good red. (laughs) He he was brilliant yesterday. He was. And someone told me he's only five foot ten or something. And he looked a salmon in the air. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. I'm five foot ten. Yeah, we're all us five foot ten lads. Tell it. Right can, you jump, can you jump that high? Yeah. yeah easy right. peasy. Yeah, easy Not for a header. <laughs> uh, Grizz, I'm going to give you the first goal because a couple of things on it. Um, it's a well-worked goal by Brentford. All right, but I think I think it's Jones that's quite lazy and watching the ball go behind him. I don't think the defenders do enough to stop a cross. And then I don't know what Fabinho's doing at the back post. Genuinely don't know what he's doing. But first of all, the goal itself um, from a Brentford and Liverpool point of view. And also, just talk to me about Fabinho yesterday. Yeah, the goal was indicative of just set the tone for the game, didn't it? In terms for us, um, players switching off, not being alive, alert to the situation. If that was a training move goal, um, why hadn't it been analysed? If they've used that before, was it something not, not used before? I just thought, you know, it was a poor, poor goal to concede. I'm not, I'm not giving them as much credit as everyone else is. A lot of people have given them credit. I'm not. I re, I generally think a lot of teams are going to beat them there. A lot of teams, a lot of the big teams will go there and beat them. And um, I don't. I don't think they had to play. I think they had to play basic patterns. That they, 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 they were playing basic when getting through us, which is so so frustrating. Like like for example, the first goal you talk about. So it's um, two against one in a situation, and then one guy loiters outside. Is it who was it? Canos. Who Canos puts the cross in. The cross is in it. So he loiters just around Curtis. Curtis switches off for a millisecond and that gives him that space where Curtis could be, you know, blocking that. And then, you know, the rest of the situation uh, is very difficult to give Fabinho a shout in that situation because it happens so quick. You can't give, because a lot of people were saying give the, uh, the other player should have given Fabinho or even Alisson should have said man on. Possibly Alisson could have. But in that situation, the first thing that you're taught as a defender is 
get it out of play and then argue later. And then, and that's exactly what Fabinho didn't do. Fabinho, you know, for whatever reason, didn't see, feel, smell the danger behind him. And that's all it took. Um, you know, fair play to the guy. You've got a, an outstretched boot to it. You know, it's one of those goals that we conceded pre-Virgil, wasn't it? Like, do you remember, Gav, yeah. we, I, we, we spoke about um, Virgil's first performance, um, first comeback in pre-season at Anfield. And I said, when I heard him say, um, focus in the middle of the, in the, in the, in the middle of the goal, I thought, yeah, we're good this season. He's back to make us, you know, refocus and everything. It was totally opposite. It was like everyone had lost their voice. Everyone had lost their composure and organization. It was literally down to organization, the goals that we conceded. And that's the sad part of it. It wasn't, I don't think anything technical. I, I generally don't. I know there's been clips put out of sort of plays where we're outnumbered and this and that. I genuinely think yeah, it's lack of, lack of lack of lack of that's miscommunication, technical. lack of nah. miscommunication. I'd say. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're very good technically, Chris. They have. I, some I, really, I don't really think they are. I really don't yeah, think so they're very good technically. They, Oh, yeah, man. They didn't Nogard. have to be. They didn't have to be. Yeah, man, Nogard and Yano spraying balls around the place yesterday, picking locks. In the... I didn't see it. I didn't see that. Okay. I genuinely well, didn't see them. Fair enough. I, 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 I genuinely thought they played channel balls. They played overloads on our fullback, which is not overly technical for me. I just think they knew where to target us and tried their best to, to, to make the most of it, and they did, and we couldn't handle it. Their goals were all sloppy. That's the thing with them. You know, I'm looking at it there, right, and the first goal. Fabinho is too lazy on that because the ball comes to Canos. Canos puts it across. He, it's not a great cross. He puts it a bit behind a Tony. Tony flicks it. Yeah. AR, I think, is coming in on it and misses it. So it's like it's a pinball job, but it's not going super fast. And yet it, it comes in. It was a sloppy goal. But they are, I agree with Shani, I think they're a very good team. I think they're a very, the midfield lads and your man Frank Onyeka as well is a bit of a destroyer. But they're going to walk teams very, very hard. And we didn't have the, the, the players numbers, that we needed. The numbers they get in the box and then yeah. the distribution from the two boys in the middle, like, yeah, man, that German fella, he won't be there for long. Yeah. He's not He's not going to be there for long. That's, I, I just think, and this is what they do. This is their model. They take really good players and they sell them on. They sell Lolly Watkins and Ben Rama on. So the club is running like this. They obviously have a really good scouting network to pick up players, technically well, very good players. And look, Watkins has gone on to be a really good Premier League striker, in my opinion. And Ben Rama has proven this year that he's a very good player as well. So... They know exactly what's going on there. I, I couldn't let. I was just surprised at how physical they were. I didn't. Yeah. I. It's not something that I had them down to be. That sort of side. But look, we got into a thing. We got our noses bloodied yesterday. I think that was a kick up the hole that we probably needed. It, it's just unfortunate that we drop points on a day where rivals are playing each other. But we need to have a a little bit of look at perspective and think, yeah. look, we went one clear yesterday when it could have been three. We have a massive massive opportunity. We, I think we're the only team now out of all of, not, not even more so, you know, you know you'd have won two Premier League titles already this season um, yeah. with that with that wins at home to Newcastle and Leeds. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea haven't, Chelsea have had a couple of real statement performances. I think that was a real statement performance from 
from City on yesterday morning. I think we need a statement performance next Sunday. I think we do need a statement performance next Sunday to show that, look, we are going to be fucking in here. We're not really involved in any of the talk now for the title with any of the pundits or whatsoever. But we actually need to go out and put on a big performance next Sunday to show that. We Get the shit out of our system yesterday. Yeah, 100%. And carry the proper stuff in next yeah. week. You just hope that acts as a kick up the hole. I know you yeah. said that yesterday, Gav, but mm. that's all we can hope. People saying City and Chelsea will destroy that Pemper team. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, it doesn't work it, like that. that. City couldn't be Southampton at home last week. Yeah. It's some, this, this, this is the Premier League. This is the way it is. It doesn't work like that. Well, I want to move on to the Jota goal. Um, Henderson with the assist. And Keith, he's unbelievable in the air. And when you look at that ball in the yeah. box, he's the only one in there. Salah plays at the Henderson. When Henderson clips her in the box, the only person in the box... Is Diogo Jota, Jota, and there's three defenders that comes over, and not only does he keep his eye on it and gets into that little pocket, it's a brilliant header. It's a brilliant, brilliant header, um, and we needed it, didn't we? Because it's four minutes after they score, and you're thinking the longer it goes on, the more confident they get. And you know, like Shawnee said earlier, and Grizz, the two up front, um, they were working well, and they run behind you, and they'll they'll stretch it. And if if, if it's one nil for too long, you start getting worried that that's where you get caught again. But his, his movement is ridiculous for me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it, we, we spoke briefly. You know, Christopher Royer is about six foot five, six foot six. Pontus Janssen's a big guy. Eaton Pinnock's a big guy. Jota's not climbing above days and getting a towering header. He's got a couple of headers this season where he's, he's nearly standing on the ground and he's just getting a little bit of lift and bang, he's getting his headers. He directs him. He's excellent at heading the ball. Quite similar, actually, to Bobby. Bobby's actually not bad at heading the ball as well. Um, doesn't get the credit for the ball. This Jota is a bit of a blade dead eye when it comes in the air. I think he's struggling a bit in the last few games with his chances. Obviously, he missed the Seattle last weekend. Um, but when he when the ball comes in the air for him, he just knows where to bury you. And you don't expect it from a player like that. It was an excellent walked goal. As we said there, you know, it was a game of two teams. We got three excellent goals. I thought Brentford got three scrappy goals. But it's all worth the same at the end of the day. It's a great ball in by Henderson. I think Trent slides him in our Salah. He was a one of Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Or is it Salah. Jones? Salah, Salah, is it? Henderson. Salah slides it in. Um, and Henderson just gets it up there and puts it into the danger zone. It's one of the things that Henderson is very good at as well. You know, it's it, when he plays on that right-hand side of the midfield three and he gets around and can put in a cross like that, that maybe we weren't seeing from Harvey Elliott when he was there. Different type of player, totally. Um, but Henderson does have that delivery. You saw when they get, was it Mane? He got a header against City. Um, two years ago was it Henderson got to the line yeah. and yeah. ping one back oh, as well yeah. he's, he's, he's actually very good at getting the ball in from there but you put it in Jota has no right to win that header 
when you've got three big giant centre backs in there. But he does, and you know, it was very important. You said it there, Gav. The score within four minutes, you're not letting the crowd whip them up. Do you know what I mean? And and it's hard to put them back in that box. And we done it again, sort of later on as well. But yeah, it was a, a vital that we scored there because as the game was going on, you're looking at it and you're you do, Sean, he said, you have this feeling, it's like, this isn't going to be the day. And to get the goal quickly was key. Yeah, it was. And just moving into the second half, because I'm dying to get onto this, and Sean, I'll come to you, Mo Salah um, makes it 2-1. Um, there's a 100 league goal for Liverpool. Um, <laughs> every week we're talking about him doing something different. but um, and, and he does miss a chance at 3-2 that will probably put the game to bed. But he's there, he's there again. He's scoring again. It's... It's outrageous what he's doing, and when I was looking up some of the lists of how quick he's got to 100 Premier League goals, and you know how quick his record is amongst other Liverpool greats, it's it's just madness. There's, there's no yeah, word for it. It's madness, like. Yeah, he's. Oh, I'll I'll say it with my chest. He's the best player in the world at the moment. <laughs> I think. Simple as that. And this moment, who else is that? Yeah, there's nobody in better form than, than Mo Salah at the moment. For me, people can say what they want. You can, you can name me players from leagues you pretend to watch, but I'm not really interested <laughs> because yeah. he is literally the best player in the world at the moment. And he was actually so good at the back end of last year that nobody sort of mentioned it. But um, just the. This, this, the second goal, Gav, is like, it's textbook Fabinho and then it's textbook Salah. Like, the, the pass from Fabinho is outrageous. And then the finish, like, he makes the most difficult finishes look easy. But obviously he misses the one at the sitter at, at 3-2. And, but we can't be all a critical on Mo because who knows where we'd be without him at the moment. Um, he's so, so good. The records speak for themselves. I watched the video that Liverpool put up today, the, the 100. <laughs> Madness, wasn't it? It's, it's, great. it's just, like, it's just, he's ridiculous. He's so, so, so good. Um, lucky to have him. And I really do hope that he does sign a contract and stays on because, he, at what age is he now, 30? 29. I, I, I expect him to operate at this level for another five or six years, to be honest. Look at the fella, look at the cut of him. The fella yeah. is right now. He's, he's in the Ronaldo out. sort of mould, isn't he? Like he, he's made out of granite. He's made out. He's just a rock. He's my inspiration. He's, yeah, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. Um, Grizz, he, he's the reason I've gone on the liquid diet. All right, Grizz, I want to come to you because um, there was another little thing here from Optus Sport that said Liverpool FC have existed for 20, 129 years. No Reds player has ever gotten to 100 top flight goals quicker than Mo Salah. Not Gerard, not Torres, not Suarez, not Fowler. No one. He's a oh. winger. The Egyptian king is already a bona fide Anfield legend. Um, I don't think you can argue with that, Chris, can you? Uh, you, you look, sorry, go on, Sean, he was going to say something. Uh, bona fide Premier League legend. No, yeah. listen, at the end of the day, right, don't let that line about he's a winger go past you. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't let, that, don't, don't, let, don't let that go past you. Stop and read that again to yourself. Read the names of those strikers, and those are just Liverpool legends, right? Yeah, then go Premier through, League as well. No, hold on, Keith, this is what I was going to say. Then go through the Premier League legends that he's beaten in terms of speed to the 100 goals, and then see the only three players that are ahead of him are 
um, Shearer, Shearer, Aguero, Kane. and Kane. Aguero. Are you fucking having a laugh? Like this guy's a right winger. And every and heat map, every fucking statistician, stat, statistician will show statistician. you. Yeah, that's the one. Will show you, will have heat map of Salah covering that area. So there's yeah. no proof. No one can, no opposition fan or any critic of his can tell me, oh, but he plays in a system where it enables you to be through the middle. No, he fucking doesn't. He doesn't. It's his intelligence, pure intelligence and desire. And as Shawnee says, his his general well-being, he's, he's, he's perfect. He's the perfect example to any young footballer in terms of how to keep you know, yourself going and, and, and in tip-top condition. And the rest is just his natural instinct and desire to score goals. Very similar, very similarly to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And, I'm, and I don't say that slightly because we know Cristiano Ronaldo is, you know, one of, the, one of the all-time greats. But this guy is on the way to being one as well, in my humble opinion. He, he is for me. Um I think he's just unbelievable, and and I I keep getting into rows over over him and and Luis Suarez, and I just I, I get where people go when they love watching Luis Suarez, but there's no comparison of Luis Suarez at Liverpool to him to Mo Salah for me. Keith, um, clap on Salah. This is a tweet from Paul Gorst. He says exceptional. Two weeks ago we got a hundred in the league, now a hundred for LFC. We have to give him another shirt with a hundred on it. His numbers are insane, incredible. But I know Mo. And he thinks about the two he missed, of course, an outstanding achievement. And that little bit in the middle, Keith, he thinks about the two that he missed. That's the drive Grizz is talking about, isn't it? That's the, the appetite to, to be just get better and better and better, regardless of what age he is or what numbers he puts up. Yeah, the thing with the thing with Salah, um, we've seen strikers down the years in the Premier League, you know, that they they miss chances and it'll get into their head or they take so many chances to get their goals. Salah's... We think of the numbers he has and think of the chances that he misses. This fella is absolutely outrageous. Do you know what I mean? Like it's he doesn't get the credit he deserves. We say this all the time, but um, the the fact he knows what he can do. He's he's not worrying about you know if Ronaldo was in the league or Lukaku was in the league or whatever. Whoever's in the league, Mo Salah is looking there and thinking, right, I'm going to go for thirty goals in this league this season. I don't give a shiny shite what else any other striker is doing. I'm going to do this. If I have an off day, I'll still get a goal and I'll still be looking at the next game. So many players go through the patch where they they just it gets in their head. My missus, we were watching the game here and my missus just said to me before he scored, I hope he doesn't have a Michael Allen. Wasn't he stuck on a 99 for a while trying to get to his 100th? Uh, went a good while Michael Allen trying to get and she has I hope he doesn't have that and within two minutes or something he scored but she picked up as well on the thing she was disgusted that he done a VAR on it because they took away from his uh, his joy of getting his 100th goal now I was delighted yeah, that the lads went takes, over he takes away from himself he keeps torn around the fucking lines man and saying that's I what I was going to say he's done it against on. Milan as well the other day he's yeah, looking not, over he's and he's looking on I'm not sure yeah, yeah. Said, he's now Lewis Garcia just fucking run and celebrate do you know what yeah. I mean just yeah. just get off and celebrate but you could see what it meant to him and what it meant to the, the, the teammates I mean the, the, the lads are right you know when you look at the players that he's got there quicker than in Liverpool and you've seen the stat there today like that he's what's he one 
is he behind Didier Drogba in the all-time f- three goals or something behind Didier Drogba? Mm-hmm. But Mane is only like yeah, yeah, 115 games, yeah. But Mane is only like five behind Drogba as well. And we've got like two African players in the team that are going to overtake Didier Drogba. And if you look at the 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 standing that Didier Drogba has in the Premier League, people would say he's one of the best strikers ever to play in the Premier League. Mo Salah's putting his goal record on Bladen Toast here. And he's blown the arse off it. You know, look at the players that he's outscored. And Grizz touched on something there. Look at his heat maps. Ronaldo went to Madrid. And even at United at the end, he played very he played a lot centrally. You know, he moved centrally to get his goals. Salah still plays quite wide. At Madrid, Ronaldo was essentially gone centre forward. Do you know what I mean? And he adapted his game and he became a goal machine. Look, there's no argument about that. Salah's still doing his walk off that wing. It's reminiscent. Maybe Henri is the only one that went wide as much in that that top echelon of Premier League goal scorers. But yeah, but, no, but, Salah but, is but he's not going central, which I thought he might have seen him more central. He's not. He's still staying out on the wing. He's doing all this damage from the right wing. Yeah, but the thing about Thierry Henry was Thierry Henry was Arsenal's main striker. He was the central yeah. striker. The reason Henry used to pull wide was to get to expose people and get them one-on-one in those areas. And it wasn't really wide. What he used to do was he used to come into an inside left channel. He would, he would never stand out on the touchline. But what he'd do is he'd pull you wide, a little bit wider than, and out of the, the central areas, and then he'd look to expose you because there'd be a gap between you and your centre-half mate. And if he got by you, he was into a gap and you were never catching him. He was outrageous, Thierry Henry, like fucking outrageous. But Salah, for me, is just a winger that scores ridiculous amounts of goals you do you do look at his heat map it's literally all the way up the right wing and then moves in slightly but you never yeah. see a massive thing where it's like he's always in the middle of the goal he's not the yeah. only time he's in the middle of the goal is usually when he's just scoring you know he does an awful lot of work off the off the right hand side and he just is a winger chris brax says trogba got 104 salah will smash that in over 100 in over 100 games less i think yeah. is what he means but it was madness but grizz that's insane on. That's, that's insane just yeah yeah, you know, and when you look, about and when you look at the size that Chelsea that, that Drogba played in, absolutely you know, one so of the most the two, two dominating teams. Yeah, over two the, seasons the, they were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea, yeah, for all four, five, team. and five, six, they were brilliant. Insane, but um, it's just mad, mad numbers. And even when you put that list up, like you have all seen it, like the quickest to hundred Premier League goals, and I think only above him. I think he actually done it quicker. He might have done it quicker than Henri, but he, it's it's like Aguero, Kane, Shearer. You know, and yeah. they're just three out and out strikers. They're just three killers. They're not pulling wide. No, 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 no. Sure, I never pulled wide. Centre backs and yeah. full backs. Aguero loved to play in that ten. The only place Aguero used to go would be he pulled maybe a little bit left or right, but usually a little bit deeper sometimes. Uh, and yeah, he man. would, he would, you know, he would in the in his game. He had it in his game, Aguero, where mm. he could he could create as well as be a main striker. Sure, was just a killer down the middle. Them, and them boys took penos as well for the four. Like Salah didn't get on penos until halfway through his se- second third season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're, but they're just they're central strikers, and you look at Aguero, you look at Shearer, Kane. You know, people go on about the creativity of Kane, and I'd be seeing it mostly under Mourinho for me. But um, he's just a fella in front of goal. You know, what I mean, it's just, it's just uh, there's no more words from. There's just really not. You just have to. Yeah, it's going to get to the stage where he's going to keep doing this, and people are going to go, yeah, but he's Mo Salah. That's what it's that's going the, to get to. That's the thing now, isn't it? Is that uh, only Mo Salah has this. Yeah. Only Mo Salah has yes. this. Only Mo Salah has this, and that's that's the legacy he will leave behind. I think, like I think everyone now loves nostalgia, and they look looking back at these players. But we won't really Salah won't really get his flowers until he's gone. I feel because well, mo- yeah, in, most don't. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's that's just normally how it goes. But he is as elite as elite gets. And yeah. long may it continue. Because to be honest with you, he is the type of player that can win this league on his own. That's just how good he is. He, he is that good. And, and the shape he's in, Sean, you look at him. And he's just a machine. And people would say he might use lose a yard of pace. He's becoming a way more intelligent in his game for me. He's more rounded for the team yeah, now. He's may, way more rounded in his game and how he's looking to... You remember Mo Salah used to get it and you go, he's so quick, he's just going to look to burst past playing, people. But now he's, he's looking to bring players into play that, yeah. and that negates that any lack of pace that he might... Or yard he's, of pace he's lost. He's playing with a smile on his face as well, which is yeah. nice to see. Yeah. Because it hasn't always been the case for him, to no. be honest with you. Now... I I just hope that the contract situation is sorted. I'll oh, just give him the fucking contract. It will be such a it will be a massive boost to us. To be honest with you, I, I really do because he's really starting to feed off the energy of the fans. Now you can see the jerseys had to come on off a couple of times this season. And Keith said something earlier that he won't care. That I think Ronaldo being in the league is good for him. I, yeah. th- I think that would be sort of a benchmark for him to think I'm going to help you every week he, I think he goes, Lovren, he, goes, Lovren, he goes to try be Harry Kane and goals every year Lovren put up a post today and Lovren actually blocked out his response because oh, he yeah, said because yeah, yeah. Lovren said it's oh, definitely a thing yeah it's DR definitely said, they talk about it all the time yeah yeah, yeah. but what I meant was he doesn't worry about them do you know what I mean? It's it, it, he will channel that and he'll use it because as Gab said Harry Kane he always knows even, even Mane he wants to beat Mane every season because, yeah. the, you know, that'll come down then to who'll win the African Footballer of the Year. Do you know what I mean? Who has a better season between them two? But it's true. So that, he, is, that, he does use that and feed off it. But, it but, but that is another important thing. Like, Sean, spoke about his smile and sort of his um, his demeanour is more positive. And Gav spoke about his all-rounded game. And part of that is the interplay between, we're seeing now, between the three. Whoever three are there and Elliot before Elliot got injured, you could see they're working in tandem now. And where we used to say Bobby is the the key to that, I think it's Salah now. Salah is the key to that now. And you see him receive the ball in so many situations where normally you think, head down, try to beat the man, or cut inside, take a shot. There's so much variety to his game now every time he gets the ball. And it's almost like Sadio Mane's role. If you guys remember, Sadio Mane used to have that role a lot. Yeah, and if you, I think if you look at the, the and it's been on the midweek fix a couple of times with the, with the um, average positions of the, the right side of midfielder with, with, with Trent and with Salah, they're getting so much closer to him. And the reason yeah. I think they're getting so much closer is because they're using... Where they used to try to get Salah to expose a, a, a fullback, leave him out there on his own, and let him go at people, where that usually is he being doubled up on. They're putting more numbers around Salah, and when by putting more numbers and more bodies around Salah, it means that the other team has to fucking stretch a bit more, and I, and weirdly leaves more room for him to play. And I think because he is becoming more rounded, instead of looking to expose players on his own. He, like Harvey Elliott is a brilliant example. He was striking up such a relationship and Sean, he's never stopped going on about it. The relationship he was striking up with Harvey Elliott where he trusted Harvey Elliott so much that he'd give him the ball and go, I'm going to give this to this fella and he's going to know where to put it from me in a minute. I'm going to take two or three players out of the game instead of me having to try B two or three on my own. I think it's, and it was, that's probably the hardest thing about the Harvey Elliott thing. I think the relationship that was striking with, with Mo Salah is probably, is a huge, huge loss in it all. Um, Dinesh, with the longest YouTube name in the world, I can't read it all out, but Dinesh says, um, 
he thinks Mo Salah will become the best Liverpool player in the Premier League's history. And as he and he knows, in his opinion, that Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. League and Champions League, I think. That's a huge show from the national like it though. Um and Chris Brack says his interplay has much improved. Grizz don't be trying me with a good time, Dinesh. It goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we don't forget anything on this show. Um, but Grizz, it goes two all, and then Curtis Jones makes a three two with a cracking hit, and I thought he was our best midfielder yesterday. Just just to put that on record, right? And then he subs him off. Now, firstly, Grizz, the goal really confident comes inside, good strike, little clip, little clip it off the defender thing, and but then he takes him off. Grizz, did you find that weird? Or did you just think Klopp is just, they're looking at it and they're thinking, you know, Jones hasn't played loads and loads of football, might be going on his legs a little bit. What did you make of it? I thought it was a strange one to take him off. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought. look, first a word on Jones because, you know, there's always this sort of, um, there seems to be a section of the fan base that sort of um, like, to, like to sort of speak ill of a player when another emerges. So the emergence of Harvey Elliott has suddenly caused the wankers in the fan base to start questioning Curtis Jones now. And it's it's stupid, absolute silly. Um, I keep forgetting he's 20, Gav. He's 20 years old. And he's being asked to play in probably one of the most, probably one of the most tactically um, sort of astute central midfields in, in, in European football, in a Jurgen Klopp central midfield. And he's been asked in his very small career to play a variety of roles. And he's done everything that's been asked of him in one of our most horrendous seasons injury-wise. And, you know, people are out there sort of questioning his, his ability. I've never questioned his ability. Never. I just wanted to see... Um, just from a selfish, my point of view, you know, means fuck all to him. But I just wanted to see myself for him to create a, a definitive position for himself in this team. I didn't want him to be become a, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none because I think he's got the ability to become a proper footballer in, a, in one. A Grealish, he could be our Grealish, for example. Um, I thought yesterday's performance was was brilliant. I think he was clear. Of, of our midfield, the other midfielders. I thought the goal is what we asked for. Goal contributions. Goal contributions. Doesn't have to be goals, but just create chances, take shots. Because watching him in the under 20s, under 21s, like I, I did manage to quite a bit over a couple of years, he's always, always come across as a calm finisher, a cool finisher, a confident finisher, um, you know, a creator, you know. And, and, and I thought yesterday that goal... It took a slight deflection, but it was a brilliantly struck goal. Superb hit. And the timing of the... And it, look, Gav, even if, like you suggested, maybe Klopp thought his legs were running out a bit, when you've scored a goal like that, let me tell you, because I've scored a few give, like that. Give him another when, 10. When you, the adrenaline don't let you fucking stop for 10, 15 minutes. You press like a mother. You understand? Yeah. For the 10, 15 minutes. And that's what we needed. That's what we needed at that time. We didn't need a fresh Bobby, even though Bobby is fucking pressing himself. But Bobby's a total different type of player energy-wise, especially we've seen coming off the bench. I thought it was the wrong move. If we didn't take the lead, that was the move I was looking to do. But for the fact that we had taken the lead, you give the kid five, ten minutes to press. Like, 
anything. And was, then you assess the situation. It was a strange one for me because, like, regardless of what was going on in that game, like, and, and you have all mentioned it earlier, they're bypassing their midfield. All right? Now, Bobby Firmino's one of his biggest attributes is he comes on and plays up front, he links play, he gets some goals, he gets some assists. One of his biggest attributes is when teams look to play in midfield, he's there and he's around them and he's trying to nick balls off them and he puts them under pressure and allows us to win the ball back. But when a team is playing where they're going, we've no interest in our three midfielders. We're going to pull it up there and if we win a flick on, we're going to chase it and if it drops down, our three midfielders are going to be on it. Bobby Freeman is not going to chase them three, 50 yards up the pitch to try to get it off them. So, I agree, like, I, I would have left Curtis Jones on him and give him another five, all right, give him another five, and because he's in the area of the park where they're still going to look to exploit and they're still going to look to, you know, win second balls and stuff like that. Maybe he wanted to bring Firmino on. Why didn't he bring on, bring him on for Jota? Just change something up front. Bring him on for a Mane. Stick Jota out wide. You know what I mean? Do something like that. But it, it made very little sense to me as to why that sub was A, being made after he just scored. Can I, just, I agree, can I just you give him five more minutes. But, but the positional Bobby sense... Bobby was stripped and all, wasn't he? he was yeah, but the positional the sense was, was a bit strange. making that sub. I thought it was a bit strange. Uh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If, if, sorry, if Curtis Jones doesn't score there, I can kind of get the idea why you bring him on. Because you're looking to unlock and he's that sort of player. But when he scores... You're kind of going, well, th- this is only going to be ramped up now where they're going to just bypass and start hitting balls. It just didn't make sense. Go on, Grizz, Keith. I'm just, just going to finish I'm just gonna finish off by saying it literally was uh, Jurgen Klopp. So we've spoken about sort of why didn't he change certain stuff? And if he saw certain stuff going on at the start of the game, during the game, why didn't he adjust accordingly? I genuinely thought he looked at their team and their forwards and everything. He looked at ours and he said all right, you want a fucking gunslinging match? Let's do it. We'll outscore you. It was back to that Jürgen Klopp for me, that mentality. And he thought, I'm going to outscore you guys. If you guys are going to fucking come at me with five, six people in our box, we'll counter you with our three, four forwards. And I genuinely think that was the game plan as opposed to what I wanted. What do we know? Or, or a lot of people were asking for was bring on Konate, double up on Trent's side, you know, and then just firm it up. But Jurgen Klopp is that type of manager who's as mad as 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 Frank for the other team. Thomas Frank, is it? Yeah. You know, he thought, all right, well, if you're brave enough and to do that against against my team, I'll fucking show you brave. And and I I, I generally thought Klopp got into the emotion of things as well and thought we'll outgun them. We'll because it it literally looked even though it was three all guys. That could have been five two four two at the end very very easily yeah. because we had a quick fire three. Guilt edge chances, and that which if been, we take them, if we take them, the substitution is fine. The yeah, hindsight's a great thing, and, the, and then know. and then we say, and then and we would have said, Plucky Brentford, yeah. thanks, brilliant atmosphere, yeah. lovely. We great change by Klopp, uh, Klopp going for that and and going with the four attackers. You know, if Mao puts in the one that he should have put in. It's a different outlook. And look, I think the Curtis Jones thing, I thought he was, I thought he was very good. I know he said he switched off on their first goal, but he hasn't played. He hasn't had a lot of minutes this season. And I can understand that maybe protecting him a bit. But, yeah, I agree with the lads. You give him, you play the hot hand and he's just scored. Whether Bobby is stripped and they're going to make that sub. You've seen it a hundred times before. You just put a top or a bit back on the blade, the player on the line, tell him to sit. And we get you on in a few minutes. It, it was a, a strange one. But like I said, it could have been different if, if Mo takes a chance and we were far too up 
and then we run out winners, it's all great. It's, it's a tactical mm. master. It's just, it's just, for me, the change is coming in that area of the pitch where he's looking to change it because yeah. we're not winning. And then we are winning. And I'm, mm. I'm kind of looking going, you probably need to keep your midfield as strong as you can. And all right, there could be things around, you know, analytics around Curtis Jones and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I think you give him five more minutes. And if you think, no, he's still, his legs are still going here. We need more. I don't even think Firmino's the change then. So it was a bit, look, it's one of those. Um, Shaka says one sub in 95 minutes. Klopp could have done better in his opinion. Dinesh, um, has another super chat and he says he became a Liverpool fan after watching the 86 cup final against Everton and winning the double at the age of 11. In 86 and 89, Liverpool could have won the UFC. I presume he means, um, because they'd fight for anything and, and they deploy themselves like that. Um, the 87, 88 team of Liverpool is. Oh, ridiculous. I don't know. Um, the UCL, is it Toybo? Does it mean no. the Champions League? UFC. Because we were banned. I know, yeah, but does it mean the Champions yeah, I don't League? Know. I don't know. He just thinks we could have won anything because we were four years. I don't know. Um, we could have won the UFC before it was established. Yeah. Yeah. We could have, we could have um, started the UFC. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking that might be the Champions League and we've done a Toybo. I want to just talk about, um, I want to get a man of the match, obviously. I want to have, talk about another couple of clubs that are um, over the weekend, right? But, Sean, I'll come to you. <clears throat> We've argued this tonight about how good Brentford were, how good or bad we were, um, application, all that sort of stuff. But at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not saying no harm done. We should have won the game for me, but we didn't. We still get a point. We're still fine. We Absolutely. didn't lose. Yeah, just, uh, everything's fine. But, but I want to ask you, Sean, is there a lesson learned there now? Is that something that, you know, Klopp comes out and gives credit to Brentford and says, look, this happened and that happened. But is there a lesson learned there, Shani, where you know he's going in there today and he's saying, right, that doesn't fucking happen again. Bang, 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 wasn't good enough. Um, it doesn't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I think we got our nose bloody yesterday by, by Brentford. I really do. Um, we were we were lucky in the end. It wasn't. I know we said we had guilt dead ch- chances, but Ivan Tony got us clean through in the 90th minute and Van Dijk does as Van Dijk normally does he, he makes an unbelievable block and I thought he was going to be out for another season after it because I just the way it you just felt. looked like, yeah. looked like the maddest challenge ever yeah yeah it, like we got our noses bloody a few egos would have been bruised yesterday you know I think I genuinely do because little old Ivan Tony coming up from the championship uh, and your man in Wembo <laughs> they gave our boys a run around and we were talking on this podcast about and I still do believe they are. One one game won't change my opinion. The best centre back pair in, in in Europe at the moment are yeah. Van Dijk and Matip, and I don't think anybody would have many arguments if you said that. To be honest with you, and they got the run around yesterday. They really did. They were out battle, out fought, out witted, and beat my quality. And that's not something that we can normally level at Van Dijk. And I'm not I'm not digging them out because they're human. At the end of the day. We have no divine right to win every single game. Exactly. And yesterday was proof that if you don't show up and if you don't turn up and if the opposition catches you out of cold, you will get fucking turned over. I think we were blessed not to get turned over yesterday in the end because I think over the 90 day, we're the better side than us. I know we had chances at 3-2. Three, three, they done their job better. Which we did. And they did, Gav. They, they mm-hmm. implemented their gameplay yeah. better. Yeah. In in the in the end, yeah, I could probably put my hand up and say, yeah, you probably are yeah, right. The application could could have been a factor, but it part of away now, city away, or city at home, two massive games, and you keep going. We're still unbeaten. We're, we're clear at the top, no matter what way you look at it. 
and yeah. we will will move on and it should act as a lesson that if you're not on it in this league with fans back in the grounds it can get fucking sticky it can get hairy and look we live to tell the tale I feel because we had a one yesterday we've put a still been top of the league I reckon I think on whatever way it worked out but a let off I feel a let off for a bad performance. Yeah, just I, I think you, I think you let off, and I think something where you, it's just a little reminder that you have to be completely on it. You're a brilliant football inside, you play great football, you you mix it with anyone, but if you if you don't apply yourself to the levels that Liverpool expect expect you to apply it, apply it, apply to, this is what can happen. And I think you know what, sometimes you need it. Sometimes you do need it because, like you said, Shani, we if we if we'd have won that yesterday four two, right? You'd be coming away going, yeah, they had a goal, but we won four two, and it nearly consolidates that sort of oh, we turned up on one thing, and it can hurt you in a bigger game next week or the week after or the week after that. So it's one of those, Grizz. Um, I want to start with you with man of the match. Can I jump in with something yeah. very quick before we go on to man of the match? Just something very quick. It's something that's going on in the chat. I can see loads of people commenting saying, "Oh, City hop off them, Chelsea will hop off them." That's not how it works. City got um, well, nil all. Was it at home against Southampton? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Man United yeah. beating at home by Villa yesterday. That's not you know just because Liverpool didn't beat Brentford and City beat Brentford, it doesn't mean that the team on the day perform and they performed well yesterday they were up for it they played Arsenal there in the first day of the season but that's the biggest match they've had so far Liverpool in their place was rocking half five kickoff. that was a big big huge game for them who knows when they play City who knows what state they'll be in so it doesn't matter if City hop off them or not we could hop off Southampton doesn't mean anything do you know what I mean so we have to get that idea out of our head just because City would beat them or you know big deal we can beat them at Anfield. We can beat any team. We have to stop thinking, well, oh, well, we didn't beat them, but City will beat them. Who cares? The flip, the flip side of that, Kerry, is we will beat better sides than Brentford this year. Yeah. But on, on the other side of the coin, we will actually be beaten by teams who are worse than them. Yeah. And that is 100%. coming down the line. So that's that's what it is. Yeah. That That's football. Like, we have no divine right to win every fucking game. 100%. 100%. It's the way if you don't show up, you could get turned over. Like, everyone's going mad about transfers already in the fucking chat. <laughs> I know it's fucking mad. Um, because uh, Jamrock, Jamrock says, Jamrock says, laptops. FIFA 22 has early access out tonight. Go on and fucking <laughs> sign all the players you want. Jamrock says, horrible draw. Uh, Basuma rumor. I don't know what about a Basuma rumor. Does anybody know what about a Basuma rumor? Has anyone sounds read like, anything about a Basuma? Sounds like an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I haven't heard or read anything about Basuma. Um, he's at Brighton, who can go top of the league, I think, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Why would he want to live? Yeah. He, uh, how many points? Yeah. Been, what, what, what I will say, he's been one of the outstanding performers in the first six weeks. Yeah. He's been absolutely yeah. immense for Brighton. Yeah. They've done he's really, really well. Spell. Playing for his meal. I hope he doesn't get injured before his meal. Um, but, Grizz, I'll get back to you. And I want to start with you at Man of the Match. Clear for me, um, young Curtis Jones, amazing, twenty-year-old, bloody hell, only gonna get better. Okay, um, shiny. Yeah, can't can't disagree with Jones. Thought he was very good. Special mention to to Mal, but that's just his level at the moment. We can't be giving it to him every week. Mm. Uh, Keith, yeah, full house. I agree. Echo what Shawnee said. Mal, he is what he is. But Curtis, I thought was bang on it. Um, 
yesterday and I think he deserves it. Before we move on as well, I was a bit annoyed with Brentford. I don't know if it's just me. They build most of from the first kick-off. Do teams do this with every quality player that goes? Yeah, well, Leeds done it to him a couple of weeks ago yeah. as well. Um, but do they do it to Kevin De Bruyne or Ronaldo or not? Is it this is most specific? I don't specific. know. I don't know. But my, my issue as well, they had shit songs like it was all, uh, you know, when Alison had have the ball or your shit, uh, you know, all these sort of old skill. There's, there's a bang of um, lower leg off Brentford that you need to shake off really quick, you know, the sort of the lads who go away with England and all that. They need to distance themselves from that and act Premier League. Yeah. I like Norwich's evil twin, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> was, it's just a complete polar opposite to Norwich. Like, yeah. yeah. Norwich had just little yellow belly rollovers. Like, yeah. oh, I, that's, and that's why I thought Brentford were they come up saying, these fellas are up for a jolly. Like, but they're actually yeah. not. No. They're, they're, they're a decent outfit. Good unit. But yeah, and, and in fairness, they were, they were very close to getting to the Premier League the year before they got into the Premier League and I wanted them to get in because they were out in the new stadium and the, the first game in the new stadium would have been a, a Premier League game but it wasn't to be but they're back in now um, don't talk to me about football chance because they're not they're, they're not the derby was on today and my god um, they've got four songs between them they share one song I think and they take a lend of it off each other but um, I, I'm, I'm going to go I, I agree with all of you I think Curtis Jones is the man of the match I think I think Fabinho struggling midfield I think Henderson um the work rate wasn't there from Henderson that you usually see and I think Curtis Jones was trying to do a lot to cover um, different different parts of the pitch for Liverpool because of the players around them not being at their best um, so well, yeah I think Curtis Jones most definitely deserves man of the match um, just moving on though and I just, I'm going to give you the team each right so we're not here all night but um, Chris, give me the right team who would you like? Man City okay so let's talk um, City Is that one of the teams no, well, I, I've, I've got City, so you've said City, so you can have City. Okay. Um, they go and win at Chelsea yesterday, and yeah. I wasn't surprised because they went and they put pressure on Chelsea and they pressed Chelsea, and I don't think Chelsea have enough. For me, I don't think they have enough creativity wide in their fullback areas or in midfield to actually go and turn over people when they get pressed. And I think you've seen it for 20 minutes against Spurs last week, who we'll get on to in a few minutes. How impressed were you by City, though? Very impressed. That was, for me, that was the best performance by any team in the Premier League this season. Um, going to a cocksure, confident, arrogant, almost Chelsea, and a manager who absolutely bottled it. He shat himself. But that's, that's not right. taking anything. That's not taking anything away from Pep, because Pep, after all the mad selections he's picked for uh, against City, uh, against Chelsea. Um, picked an orthodox formation, the strongest lineup, and in a pivotal week for them bastards because they've got their Chelsea, they've got PSG, and then they've got us. And we've known and we've suggested in the past that if Chelsea, uh, if City lose their head, they can be mentally fragile. And if you put pressure on them, so for example, if Chelsea had turned them over, PSG away. Anything can happen in that game. And we know we can definitely turn them off Anfield. That could be an absolute oh, shit show for them. And, and, man to, and, and probably like, what, six, eight points behind us, lads? I'm not sure Like about the points difference, but something like that. Instead, that performance sets them up. And this is why I'm slightly more angry and frustrated at the two points dropped against Brentford than maybe some of you, some of you in the chat. I'm v slightly more frustrated because... I know next week's game could have been 
could have been could could have given us a bit more leeway. So so for example, going them ahead one point ahead, we could have got game three points ahead, and and some of some may have taken a draw next week. Now I think you know we really need to to beat them, and that will still be a mentally um, uh, a mental blow for them. But I think yesterday's performance will inspire them. And I still say, I still say, despite Man United's glory, glory, and Chelsea's, you know, Lukaku and and everything else, tactical, tactical Tuchel, they're calling tactical Tommy, they're calling or something, whatever. I still think Chelsea and us are the only teams that put 14, 15 wins in a row and, and blow this league apart. And if, if they beat us, if they beat us next week, I'm just saying it. I'm not fucking saying they will. I'm saying if they beat us next week. That's the type of run they start where they win 14, 15 in a row. I think as as much as Thomas Tuchel was given credit last week away to sports when he made one substitution that was fucking screaming at you from 20 minutes in and he was declared as a, a footballing genius last week, I think Pep done much the same yesterday. And what yeah. I mean by that is that I think... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If I was Pep Guardiola, the one thing I would have done before travelling to Chelsea would have sat down and watched that Champions League final again. And the lineup I picked and the way I approached it. And he went, and in, Pep, in fairness, Pep did do something right in that he picked the players in the positions they play in. And he picked a formation that wasn't trying to be too clever by playing a centre midfielder up front. He went with it. But I think what Pep Guardiola would have seen in Chelsea yesterday was if you suffocate Chelsea, and what I mean by that is if you press them high, okay. And you basically leave one or two of their centre-backs with the ball. And they, they have to be the one to play it forward. You cut off all service to Romelu Lukaku. And you cut off all service to anyone else around them. Whether that be Kai Havertz or anybody else. And when you look at that midfield of Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic. For me, if you press them, I don't think they have enough about them to turn you and expose you. I genuinely don't. I, you know what I mean? Like If, if Chelsea were in there yesterday and had a, a Thiago... I think you go. He's harsh on Kovacic. I no, I don't. I don't think he Kovacic. has enough. I think Kovacic is a, is is a great engine in him and stuff like that. But I think City would have looked at them yesterday. Man, there's no point in if if you let Chelsea play and get the ball near Lukaku and players running off, and you're in trouble. If you press them, I think Chelsea are in trouble. You have seen it against Spurs. You have seen it against Spurs, and Spurs are fucking woeful. We Chelsea weren't great against Villa in the league. It's one true meal, but they actually weren't great in the game. It is. I don't mean to I'm not trying to be edgy here is there an element of Tuchel getting away with it a little bit because the way I see it is he was pragmatic when he came in they very nearly finished outside the top four yeah they got beaten in the FA Cup final and they win the Champions League final of course but he I reckon if they didn't win that Champions League I don't think he would have got sacked I don't think he I think he would have got I don't think he'd be playing three at the back defensive pragmatic football I think he's stuck with that now because I actually got him the result last year and he's just playing his way in with it now. Like they didn't I even sign the centre. I don't think he would have had this approach that he had. And I think this is where they will become 
uh, undone in a title race because I don't actually think that that's his natural approach. His first thing to do last year when he came in was because they were the shambles on the Lampard. He literally, with the tools and the players that he had there, he literally said, I'm going to make us really fucking hard to beat. And he did that and he has done that. He's made them hard to beat. They're not pretty on the eye. Uh, they're 11 men behind the ball. I don't think it's really, I don't think it's like this mental defensive setup that that it, they're just 11 men behind the ball and then they have a fella who will take if you give him two chances, you'll at least take one. And that's what Lukaku is. And they, they, I don't think, other than Lukaku, I don't think their offensive quartet yeah. is great. I think Havertz, I think Havertz is a very good player, but I think he has the tendencies to drift in and out games. I think Werner is rubbish. I genuinely do. I think he's an, I think he's an he awful footballer. Flush that lad. Yeah, he doesn't look good at all. And I'm with you, Gav. I, uh, I think I do like Kovacic. I think he is a good player. I think he is technical, and Kante is really, really good at he does. But Jorginho and Kante are—they're very much specialist players that are not—they're go- not going to give you major headaches in terms of their attacking impetus on a game. Now, Jorginho is more metronomic. I think Tuchel is in a position now where I don't think he's playing a system he'd actually prefer to play with Chelsea. If they had a lost that final last year, his approach would have been different. I think he is slightly getting away with it just just a little bit because they're, they're way too pragmatic for my liking and if they go on now and win the league after being solid all year power to them but I don't think they will because the the for me the winner of this league will be the winner of the mini league yeah. it will be the it will be the team who picks up the most points against the top six and I think with their approach um I can't see them being on top of that because you need to re- you need to remember for 25 minutes last week against Spurs, all over the shop. They were all over the shop. Every, and I all, mean, and and this wasn't sport, an, it wasn't an impressive sports. It wasn't an impressive sports press. It was very yeah. basic what Spurs done. Yeah. And you see, I think I think with Chelsea and I, look, I think they're a very 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 good side. I think they'll be most definitely in the top four. And if things go right for them, they could end up in a proper title race with six ten games to go. But I think the narrative around Chelsea is what's hurt teams early in the season. The actual narrative yeah. of, oh, they've bought Lukaku, they're the complete fucking team now. And and teams and people are saying they'll suffer against teams that, maybe they'll suffer against teams that park the bus. No, they won't. They'll thrive on that. Because yeah. what it means is it gives the team space and it gives them room and it gives players opportunity to put balls in boxes for the likes of Havertz and, you know, um, Lukaku and whatever else and, and to get chances for them. Whereas if you go out and press Chelsea, in my opinion, and do it well, do it well and be very brave. I just don't think they have the players that can turn you and hurt you. I just don't. Yeah, but like, Tuchel, like, this is completely unlike Tuchel anywhere he's been. Dortmund, Mainz, PSG. He hasn't been this sort of manager. Yeah. Now, he's probably looking at, I'll won the, I'll won nil against the shite me way to a league and, and that will do me. But, because he knows, no matter what he does at, at Chelsea, in two or three years, he's going to be out the gap anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it that's just why you seems signed to him me, on a one-year deal, rolling. That, that's why I think I think he is. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad side and he's a bad manager. I think they are getting away with it a little bit in terms of the approach. It, that wouldn't wash with Chelsea fans. If they didn't win the Champions League last, last year, Chelsea fans wouldn't be having this football. Yeah, Not at all. They wouldn't be having a bar of it. Do you know what? Something was said there about... Um... Grays, I think, said about Liverpool and City are the teams that can put them 10, 12, 13 game winning streaks together. I don't think Chelsea can do that. 
and they can shy away to one nil. It's not to disrespect them, but I think if you go ahead against Chelsea and you cut off the supply to Lukaku, it's very hard for them to switch the way they play. Now they miss Mason Mount, but he's a great player. But if you don't, if they don't get it, if they get ahead, they're going to be hard to break down. But if you can get ahead of them, I think they will drop points with draws and silly points along the season that the likes of Liverpool and City won't. If, and look, I know we're bigging ourselves up, but we've seen it. We've seen Liverpool going on these runs where they'll turn draws into wins. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Chelsea, I think, will will stutter along the way, as will Man United. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Grace, I have a, um, you got you got City, but I, I get so I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna go to um, Shawnee, and I want to talk Manchester United. And they get beaten by Villa at Old Trafford um, early yesterday, and I can't for the life me understand why Bruno Fernandez is taking that penalty yesterday. And more I thought about it, I actually thought it was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer basically trying to go around the narrative that you'll see on social media and other places like Ronaldo will be picking teams and Ronaldo will be making decisions and all I go on Solskjaer decides that Bruno Fernandes on penalties because I want to show people I make decisions at this club madness he's on that penalty yesterday for me yesterday Sean yeah like his record is not even that good sure it's not no like it, it, his record is more or less I think it's probably 50-60% he does miss he has missed penalties in the past but the biggest like no but the biggest exactly he the biggest telltale for me yesterday Gav was his approach to the penalty he changed his technique yeah. he didn't do he hasn't he didn't apply his normal the hop skip and the jump penalty yeah. now that would suggest he's under pressure yeah, and in 100%. fairness I think Martinez does a very very good job he's fucking great isn't he yeah yeah like he he was literally telling Ronaldo, yeah, you should take this penalty because he's gonna yeah. miss it. Like <laughs> they, 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 tr- they translated it saying, like, you should take it because he's gonna miss. And he didn't just miss, he scored it. Now I know people are throwing around saying he's trying to do a Gerard Hodgson job where Gerard <laughs> scored it. I don't think so. Uh because I think it's a bit of a the the I think the lunatics are running the asylum now at United. It won't be yeah. soon before long before that's what's happening there because the shield seems to be gone from uh, Ole now on the media. It does seem to be falling an awful lot on him. Now you had him, he he takes a swipe at Klopp during the week. The week previous, he has a swipe at Ferdinand. The fella has more enemies than Batman now at this stage. And that's that's literally the, the cross he's going to create for his own back because that is a serious United squad. And I won't have anyone tell me any different. If they got Conte in tomorrow, they would be there or thereabouts. There's no doubt about it. I think they have quality all over the pitch. I don't think missing one player in one key area, like the DM that they go about, they're always short on a hundred million players. Do, do you ever see yeah. that? Like you know, they're always short of a fifty million man, where nearly every one of that players costs fifty million. And something, something that nobody touched on yesterday in either match today or anything that I watched, the injuries are starting to pile up. Shaw goes off yesterday and Maguire goes Maguire. off yesterday. Yeah. And before they know it, they'll be going in. And Varane hasn't pulled up trees there. So I do think um, looking at United's next 10, 11 games, I think Solskjaer will be under fierce pressure. And although Ronaldo for me is up there as the, one of the greatest footballers ever, I'm not sure he's in it for this shite. I'd say he's going to be looking around going, what the fuck? I didn't sign up for this. 
I didn't I didn't sign up for having to be dogging games out here. I'm at the being living sitting pretty in Italy for the last two years where ninety percent of the teams roll over and let you tickle that belly. Like you don't get that in England, not in the Premier League. He, he's just not going to get that. He will score a boatload of goals. But is he is he the man you got that's gonna pull you out of Moya? I don't think so. Or I don't think so. I think United lack leadership everywhere. Everywhere. And that will tell in the end because I don't think Ole is a good manager and I don't think they have a leader between the whole Harry Maguire is a terrible captain Harry Maguire is an awful captain so sadly for me it looks like this is Solskjaer's final four long it really does It, it seems like this is a horse ready to go to the glue factory and get the bullet because they are literally <laughs> on the, the it's it's coming, yes. it's coming. So the air wars nightmare. Winter's coming. Winter is coming. Yeah, exactly, Chris. Winter is coming. But um, a few people said there he has a better record than Ronaldo. Um, at penalties. Um, I think they're fairly similar. Um, in in record. What I'm saying is, is that as the senior person in that conundrum I thought Ronaldo would have t- taken it and I think I'm a just, lot of people would have expected Ronaldo to take it and I think the decision for Bruno Fernandes to take that penalty goes beyond the record I think it's it's for me and I expect it from Solskjaer now the way he's going on I expect him to be thinking about these things going I'm putting Fernandes on that to show people that that are saying that he's Ronaldo's doing this Ronaldo's and I'll show them I'm this and I'm that he is like that um, and he's he's starting to show that, but it's a bit mad. But um, Keith, Arsenal beat Spurs today. Um, Arsenal played, in my opinion, okay. Okay. Oh come on, they were brilliant. No, they, no, they weren't. Nah. They played okay. But I tell oh, you something, you Spurs idiot. were absolutely and utterly appalling today. Yeah. Appalling yeah. today, and like Arsenal get three good goals. But when you look at where Spurs are for these three goals, it's absolutely and utterly criminal what's going on. And Keith, I'm going to put it to you. Them players, he looks like he's lost them players already. And what I mean by that is that they don't want to play in midfield. They they don't want to chase. They don't want to press. They don't want to support each other. They played an Arsenal team today, Keith, with Xhaka, um, Partey and Odegaard in midfield. And didn't back themselves to play football against those three. And that was absolutely and utterly criminal. Um, uh, people are saying give, give them some credit. I am giving them credit. I thought Arsenal went about their business and got three good goals. But didn't have to get out of second gear. You know, they didn't yeah. blow Spores away. They just went and exposed Spores. Who literally done it to themselves, Keith. It's mad to watch. I think he's lost them already. And if you look at the Spores team today, it's not like he's brought in 10 players and he's trying to integrate them. You know, mm-hmm. you go through Lloris... Tanganga, I know Tanganga's only a young lad coming in. Davinson Sanchez, Eric Dorr, Sergio Regalon, Deli Ali, Hoiberg, Ndombele, Son, Kane, and Morley. You know, that's a sports team from last season. Yeah. They haven't, they've, they've signed, they've, they've made some weird signings, in fairness, um, as of Arsenal. But they just don't look like they're going anywhere, sports. I think, you know, he, when, when Nuno's at Wolves, he'd done a good job at the beginning there, but he was getting given the sort of best of Portugal. He was getting the Portuguese talent was all going there. That was probably, you know, out of their out of their limits if if it wasn't for the Jorge Mendes link. 
and he was getting these players and he could get it. And if your familiarity, I suppose, is a good thing, you go to England and you've got a team with eight, nine, ten Portuguese players or Portuguese speakers, I'm not saying it's easier, but the spotlight isn't on you as much and you can sort of build in. And he did, he'd done a good job there for a while. And then it started going a bit stale and he's gone to sports. Now, he was about their fifth or sixth choice for that job. I they couldn't blade and get anybody. Sean, he turned them down and all twice. They couldn't get a blade manager. Eric on Shannon, he couldn't come back. Yeah, to couldn't get him to sign the contract. Anyways. Wouldn't take a digital cert. No. Um, but the, it's a mess of a club. We said this in the summer. It's a fucking mess. They were top of the league after three games. Three scored, three one nil wins. Another the best city. But they didn't look good. And people were talking about them. And you knew there was cracks there. And you're starting to say I think, I think he's going to be one of the first managers getting the bullet. I just, I don't think it can go on much longer. Like if they're getting, so for Gav, I agree with you. I think Arsenal were okay today, and that's damning on sports. That is absolutely damning. It's not like Arsenal came out and you know the way we've done it to Arsenal. We've done it to sports before, where you come out and you blitz a team and you're electric. I don't think Arsenal were that. No, they didn't have to be. They didn't have to be because what I happened? Really like Smith Rowe, lads. Yeah, he's, he's a quality. A he's quality and, and I want to great talk player. about that goal in particular because people are saying I'm not giving him enough credit. Watching that game today, you knew. And Neville said it on the commentary. He said this is weird from sports. They don't seem to want to engage Arsenal. They want to, and it's it wasn't like they were trying to, you know shut up the crowd by by keeping the ball. They were literally not interested in playing football. They were giving it to their two centre-backs who were hitting these diagonals. Not passes, just lumping it up and hoping they could win flicks off it. And they, they and then when they lost it, they didn't press. They just stood back. And then even when they went to press, it was half-hearted. And, and that goal in particular, that comes from a dodgy pass from um, Ramsdale and goal, right? And Spurs go to press it. They half-heartedly press it and the um the, the Arsenal player kind of gets in a bit of a tangle but gets away with it. Literally goes to Tierney, who plays it like a ball along the ground into masses of space for Aubameyang to flicker on to a fella who's actually his touches is brilliant and gets him going. But nobody's gone with him. Literally yeah. sports players are all standing around looking at this unfolding. And by the time Smith Rowe gets into the box and pulls it back, uh, there's nobody there. Reguillon is putting out his leg for I don't know what. He's nowhere fucking near the thing. He doesn't go through. It was just watching it. It was a brilliant move from Arsenal. Don't get me wrong. But it was so easy to do because Spurs half-heartedly pressed and then let one, two, three passes go. And next thing, Aubameyang's taking a shot on goal. And nobody's going near the ball. And they just look like they don't want to put in the effort in. They just don't look... Like, Grace, I don't know. Am I going over the top on Spurs here? Am I not giving Arsenal enough credit here? Because I just felt watching that game today that... It was a great win for Arsenal. It was one they needed because they beaten Norwich and they beaten Burnley and that can kind of paper some cracks. Yeah. But today, I'm not saying that paper cracks because Spurs were really, really bad. Arsenal done well, but they never get an easier North London derby than that, Chris. I, I, I think you're spot on about Spurs. I think you're spot on about the manager. I think what Keith said is all about losing the players. And it, it reminded me of, do you know how we've been going into games against Everton at Anfield knowing or had the feel of how we know we're going to smash Everton. Arsenal had that feeling. Everton, like how Everton don't lay a glove. Do you remember when we went up three up about a season or two ago and then four up, you know, before as well? I do think <laughs> I do think you're not giving Arsenal enough credit. But look, that's you, right? You and Arsenal don't get on. That's fine. But I, I thought you were brilliant today. I thought Arsenal were... Look, I've said it um, before... And people accuse me of 
being a Grizz Teta fan, uh, an Arteta fan, fanboy, I've, I, I've said when uh, the time to judge Arsenal this season is when he has his best defence, uh, his best team out. And the last three teams, last the, the last three selections he's picked, the last three um, uh, wins has shown that they're not relegation fodder, as people were calling them, whatever, whatever. Of course, they're miles away from the Arsenal that we know. Of course they are. But I genuinely think, I genuinely think if he keeps his players fit, because that back four, because I rate Gabriel, I very, very much rate Tierney, you know, and and this Ramsdale that we we took the piss out of him, including me, has has done a brilliant. very very he's decent more. job so far, Keith. More. No, he has. He's performed he's very brilliant. admirably. He'll be found there. Uh, um, and yeah, look, and we and and you guys touched upon Smith Rowe and Saka and Odegaard, three very good technical, young, hungry players behind an experienced forward like Aubameyang, um, who we know, despite his you know, social media extravaganzas, extravagant side has a record of scoring lots of goals in the Premier League since he's been there. So I, I think they would be okay, but that's about it. But but Spurs, yeah, I, I don't know where they go, Gav. Even if they do sack him, where the hell do Spurs go? He would be going to get the blade and manage them. Watching that today, and, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Gary Neville. Like by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't usually listen to him. Um, but I happen to be listening today, and he he made a great point where he said, "If you look at this side and what he done a couple of years ago with the Champions League final, they played exciting football. They pressed you, they ran, they hurried, they created chances, they scored goals. And now you look at it, and there's a lot of them team players still in that team, or came in straight after, and when they were still really really good." And it just they look a shadow of themselves, an absolute and utter shadow of themselves. Like there's no effort going on. There's no emotion in them. Harry Kane isn't screaming a ball in the people. He's taking shots from forty yards because he's. They needed he's a reset button, Gav, and yeah, the reset and button was selling Kane. Yeah, I, I'm wondering that how much it's affected. Yeah, terrible I'm, I'm for the whole for him and for them. It's absolutely yeah. blown up in their face. I'm wondering. But, I'm wondering how much it's affecting them. All that, and I'm wondering how much it, it's affecting him. He, and his reaction to it and his performances is affecting everyone around him. He could have walked away from sports there and all of their fans would have been like, you know what, fair play to you, Hardy, you've done a lot for it. But it's getting to a stage now where it might get a little bit rotten because you can see sections of the fan base are 11 and a half now. There's there's no excuse for lack of application. It doesn't matter what's happened. He just looks disinterested. He looks, he doesn't look attached to the team as a whole. You could argue that he played better football when he wasn't there. I think they... Uh, I don't know how they're going to sort it because didn't your man Fonseca come out saying that the reason why he took didn't take the sports job is because they literally told me that we're going to be playing defensive football this year. It's going to be negative. So we're not actually going to go for you in the end. And he said, right, well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, he, also, he also wanted some sort of bonus that he has in his yeah. contract in Italy that he don't do in England and he was like no I'm not having that either but so it's just, it's just I'm not going to say it's sad for them the, the stadium looked great last night for the boxing um, yeah. I can say that much but I don't know I think they needed I a hard don't know where they go. I don't yeah, know it's, it's just I, so strange I'm, to watch I'm in that camp as well Grace, because I think they needed the reset button and for me the reset yeah. button would have been the 100 million or so they would have got for Harry Kane without doubt which they still might even get in January. 
Se i mod tabi lopo. Og der nå se. Ja, for det begynder big det still det still mod tabi. They've missed. I think they've missed the boat there in the sense that the, you, so. if you're going to sign Harry Kane, it's still going to cost you 100 million because he's English. He's the England captain and, and all this, and he does come with premium. But I, I, I just think they'll look at different options now. I think. I will say one that. thing, lads. I know he's only signed an new deal, but we Get should be looking over there. Fucking we, should, yeah. we should be rattling the cage there for me. For yeah. him, my, we keep yeah, saying it. We keep saying it. Yeah, but he's but too we, old now. He's too old now. I don't like, know. You know what I mean? Like when I say, okay, oh, how much? Is, how much is he okay. costing you? Do you know Riz, what I mean? I think if you're talking probably five or ten years ago, he's too old. I probably agree with you, but I, foot, football has completely changed. These fellas are playing till they're 35, 36 now, not a bother. Oh you yeah, know? he's another so, one who's absolutely you can see carrying on playing for another four or five years easily. I get all that. Yeah, I just think. I think we need to invest in a 24, 25 year old. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, right? But look, yeah, a bit of future I mean. planning, I think, as opposed to it. Son, son 18 Gav, months ago makes sense. Because, Gav, you, make, you know, you mentioned a, something about this Spurs side. Near enough, near enough is the same spine as the one um, that played in the Champions League final a few years ago, right? And this is what we've all been barking on about. <laughs> Uh, throughout the legacy summer, that this is what we don't want to, you know, we want a slowly, a slowly a succession planning where we don't end up with the same spine tiring out. Now, of course, I'm not saying we're fucking anything like that Spurs team, but you know what I mean? This is why it's important that we keep continuing to freshen up, freshen up, because they haven't. They've yeah. lost their centre backs and they've replaced them with, they've lost probably two of the most right. reliable centre backs in Premier League in Alderweireld and Vertonghen right. and replaced them with Dyer and Sanchez. It's fucking mad. Yeah, I think it's, right. I think it's fairly interesting to see. And, and you know what? Even the way uh, Nuno answers questions with regard to Kane and Kane's goal record this season, doesn't seem to even name him. You know, yeah. he's asked about when he's kind of going, well, we know what we have and we know what we yeah. can do. And I'm kind of going, well, just come out and say our fucking player is great. There's, there's something not right there for me. And I think we, it's starting to... It's we should have seen the writing on the, the wall. Yeah, big time, guy. Like you said, the, we should have seen the writing on the wall when they tried to get the fella back to manage them that they literally gave 15 million yeah. Yeah. the year previous. So it would speak volumes about the shit show that's going on behind closed doors there, I suppose. My... I, I think they should stick with Nuno no matter how bad it gets because I actually don't know what they're going to do otherwise. Well, it all depends, Johnny, on, on, on how oh. big an influence Harry Kane is having in all this. And Harry Kane's demeanour and Harry Kane, the way he's carrying on um, or the way he's carrying himself and training around the pitch is actually to do with this. And does Nuno Espirito Santo turn around at some stage and go, you know what, he's not putting it in. He's taking shots from 40 fucking yards out, which he done today, which was ridiculous. And he's not pressing. He's not. And does he need to go on a collision course from? I don't know. Well, um, fans back in the stadium won't help because when they start building results, if they're yeah. you know getting beaten and at home and they're getting hopped off, and the the bills come. Like I think Daniel Levy, he's not. Um, he's an astute when it comes to transfers. He's very astute at getting the best for his club. But I think he does listen when. The, the Hoyt starts to turn on a manager and I think mm. 
they could end up doing something really rash and where they go, they're not getting a top manager in there. They they, they got torn down unless, with five or six oh, yeah, lads. Unless, like, unless, unless they, they don't do, have a screen, they don't have a wash out to blame. Yeah, the, that's the only thing that, because I think Antonio Conte is sitting somewhere waiting for man to... But Gabby already, to he already wouldn't go near them. No, I mean with Conte, I think he's he's waiting for Solskjaer to go with United. I think he's absolutely nailed on there. Um, but I I don't know if Spurs could could change his mind. I know they went from and it didn't happen. But I don't know zero chance. I think it's a zero yeah. chance because I think the United job is up in the air, and I think that's the one Conte yeah. wants. Dave's more likely to get Solskjaer when he gets the bullet. I, I was, you know, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's the the, the name. Yeah. And yeah. It's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or Frank Lampard or something. You know what I mean? That's the. Even if it was Graham Potter, a couple of people in the chat saying Graham Potter. Oh, Graham Potter. <laughs> I'm telling you, he'd be mad to take that Spurs job. He's an up and coming yeah. English coach. He's yeah. a top quality coach. Mm. He'd be you know, a good move for them if they had the foresight to go for someone like him. It would be. Look at Dean Smith at Aston Villa. You know what I mean? He's not a they should have been all yeah. on a ten hag. They should have just got him. They should have just done whatever they can. Not that he's a brilliant coach. He just he would have That's at least yeah. he would have at least played and like yeah, Grizzly spot on. It's their level, and he would have played some sort of attacking football. Football like sports haven't won that in years. But this, the Tottenham fans used to love going the lane because they played great football. Yeah. Even on that red nap, they play brilliant. What they were famous right? for going back yeah. 20 years, Shawnee. That's what they were famous so, for. And that's, that's what they wanted. Yeah, like, like Villas Bowers played decent football. Uh, Harry Rednap had them playing good football. He, he had real good players all out, and he had them playing good football. Pochettino raised the expectations of the fans by going close in the Premier League and the Champions League. And then all of a sudden, they had this thing where we need to be winning fucking trophies. Well, in the the entire history of the club, they never had a sustained period of winning trophies ever. So, like, where are you getting these notions from? It's because they have a nice big stadium. No, it's 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 the the only thing they ever look at is the style of play. It, that's all it is. It's always that the, the, you know the Spurs yeah. way or the West Ham way or the you know and and stuff like that. And and it used to be the Liverpool way. You know, passing them over. It's not like that at Liverpool anymore. Liverpool just suck and run all over you if they have to. They, they've evolved, but it always seems to come back to some of these clubs. The Arsenal way. The Arsenal way was an absolute millstone around their neck for years. Um, from about two thousand and six onwards, where it had to be the Arsenal way. Well, you know, the way like. The Ferguson way now is the ping now at United. Yeah, but the, but the United way, the United way was under Ferguson a lot of the time was the used oh, to sit oh, back and kill you on the break. I think the Chelsea way is the best. You know, I think the Chelsea way is the best. Get a manager in, he'll win the league one year. He'll stink the gaff out. We'll bring in get another rid- manager yeah. two yeah. years, win the league. That's yeah. the the, the numbers show it, it can walk. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but we, they, better, we better leg it. It's twenty to twelve. We're acting the magnet now. Um, Thanks to everyone. Thanks to everyone um, in the chat. It's been really, really, really good. Um, Shani, anything else before we go? No, nothing. I just saying, I just saying there that uh, Gazetta de Sport are at the release in a big dossier about Ronaldo and Juventus. So apparently, there's a massive inquisition going into what happened there, and apparently, he's getting torn apart by the Italian media. So. To be honest with you, the fucking the circus rolls on across the bleeding the end seventh Manchester yeah. United seems to be an absolute fucking shit show again. Uh, Practically paid United to take him for fuck's sake. Way sooner than I expected, so uh, it should it should be a good watch. Have a look at that. Okay, keep an eye up. Grizz, anything else before we go? 
<coughs> Sorry. No, absolutely nothing. Nothing. Okay, good stuff. Keith, anything else before we go? That yellow gear isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, I have to say, it? it is. It. I'm not into the yellow kit, right? But I, and the the checkered bit looks very good. The retro, the Nike, the, the old school with the Nike row on it, and the training gear and every all the range around. I have to say, very impressed. Very impressed. It's just that trim. It's just that. Yeah, but you don't even really notice it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, you it's, don't notice it. Yeah, you don't notice yeah. it. It's grand. Looks good. I'm delighted now you've it, I'm yeah. delighted you've come around. To I'll it. be wearing the next Sunday again. So yeah, I'm just, just to annoy yeah. everyone. <laughs> just to annoy everyone. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. Keith's in there going, no, bang on for wearing it. It's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> it's the nicest jersey you've ever had. Looks um, great. But no, nothing else to add, Keith, other than that. The other than no, trying to start a jersey debate at 2012. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We could do a good jersey debate, couldn't we? I like that. Relax, relax, relax. Um, <laughs> this week on the LSE Day Trippers, the forum is back tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday, we play Porto on Tuesday, don't we? So it's a pre and post match for Porto. The midweek fix on Wednesday, Carnage on Thursday, Sports Unplugged on Friday, and nothing on Saturday, a day off. And we've pre post match and the Fatback 4 following the game against City at Anfield. Um, last thing, the Siena campaign has gone above €100,000. It's at 102000 currently. What they done was they had um, they had big fundraisers that they'd done and were waiting on the money. So they've, they've, they've put the money in there, waiting for it to arrive. So that's brought them up over 100000 18000 to go, which is nothing. Absolutely nothing, 18,000. So we're going to keep pushing this on every show this week and into the following week and the week after that. And when we get to the international break, we're going to try to do something for three or four hours where we just have a load of crack and there's going to be one link on the screen and that's the only link and the only message going up. And that's where you're going to donate and help us get to the 120K. And if you do, it's going to be, for me, the biggest achievement this channel has ever done, in my opinion. Right, Um that is it. That's the fat pack for enjoy the whatever's left of your Sunday about 15 minutes. Enjoy the rest of the week. Make sure you like on the way out. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already and enjoy all the shows coming uh, during the week too. Thanks to Keith. Thanks to Shawnee. Thanks to Grace. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.